Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Happy Thursday. This is your host, uh, Jim Ventura. Thanks for joining me today, and uh, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, what I do, and then we'll kind of dive into our show today. Uh, again, my name is Jim Ventura. I've actually been doing this show for going on four years now, and uh, I wrote a blog column that I've been doing since 2003 called Snake Oil. Uh, if you're not already getting my monthly newsletter, feel free to email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com and uh, and you can get on my free mailing list to get the free monthly newsletter. Anyway, uh, I've been doing the show usually every Thursday, each uh, each couple Thursdays each month, and I've got some different themes each time we do the show. I'm a professional astrologer, also numerologist. Uh, I work with Tarot. I am uh, what I like to call a uh, navigational consultant. I've worked with a lot of different types of oracles, including runes and um, animal cards and Lakota Indian cards, a number of different types of cards and tools that I've worked with for many, many years combined with uh, doing session work with people in my here in my home office or by phone. Get any information on personal sessions at my uh, at my uh, at my website, which is jimventura.com. I'm also a published author. Two books under the belt so far: Snake Oil Volume One, which is a collection of the first three or four years of the column, and a few added extras. And uh, Dirty Little Secrets, which is a book I actually wrote back in 2001, 2002. And published in 2003. In fact, I actually finally got uh, Dirty Little Secrets available on um, Kindle, which I dragged my feet on for a while. Uh, even though I'm an old man uh, at 47, I have to come to the reality that that people like books on 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 a Kindle. Uh, I I just it makes me nuts. I guess it's cool at one level, but I think for me. I just love the smell of paper, and, and I've got so many books that I've read over the years with, with folded-down pages. I don't know if you could fold down a page for a specific quote on a Kindle. I'm guessing that you can't. So uh, I, I just like the tangibility of a book. But uh, Kindle is a reality in this world, so I finally joined uh, the, the 20th, uh, 21st century. Anyway, and I'll eventually get uh, Snake Oil Volume 1 on Kindle probably in the next couple of weeks as well. Anyway, so today's show... We're doing a show about uh, animal totems. Uh, I've actually talked about this uh, subject a few different times on, on past shows. And by the way, if you, you missed any of this show, uh, you can catch any of the shows later on in an archive, as well as any of the past shows that I've done uh, since back in uh, you know 2000, late 2008 when I started doing the show. You can catch any of the shows uh, that interest you through archive. But uh, today, so I have talked a little bit about animal totems before. I wanted to devote more of a show to this subject. Uh, I'm actually going to be doing a lecture on this up in Prescott in the middle of September, which will be a nice relief to get out of the heavy heat of Phoenix at that time and go up to Prescott where it's maybe like 10 degrees cooler. I guess it can knock it down from 100 degrees to 90. But believe it or not, that's actually a good thing. Anyway, so we'll be talking about that. Uh, live in Prescott on, uh, I think it's the 16th of uh, that weekend at the fair up in Prescott. So if you're in the area, feel free to, to drop in and catch it. Uh, it, it is a free uh, lecture as well. Anyway, so we've talked a bit about animal totems before. I want to welcome everyone to the show. Welcome Demi Fox, uh, one of our semi-regulars here. Good to see you. And anyone else who may jump in as the show progresses or who's catching it on the archive. 
Uh, after about 20 minutes uh, into the show, I will open up the phone lines. Uh, I kind of think uh, for today's show, I want to stick with the animal totem theme. So if anybody um, has a specific question, we're going to actually show you how we can use an animal totem to help someone to answer that question. Or at the very least, just to kind of see what comes up for you right now as a power animal. So it will be kind of a fun thing that we'll do a little bit later on. Uh, if I don't get a lot of calls, uh, I will uh, pull a totem animal or anyone who catches it in the archive, too, so we'll, we'll kind of do something fun that way as well. Uh, I know people like a little mini-reading, so we'll we'll get to those a little bit later on. If you caught the show uh, two weeks ago, you know we had a great little prank phone call that came through. Uh, I, I let it come through, even though I had a feeling it was a prank phone call, and it was rather humorous. I think um, the person who, who did the, the prank phone call was really eager to use his little sound machine uh, he was he was talking about aliens and some other uh, silliness, and uh, I guess he had gotten a new sound uh, blip machine. That's why, I think that's why he mainly called it. I think he was dying to use the sound machine. It was entertaining, but just a waste of time in that respect. I don't I don't react that poorly to uh, to humor. I think uh, everyone sometimes a, a good laugh is a good breakup of tension. Uh, in fact, humor in itself is a tremendously powerful healing tool. So I always recommend it at multiple levels. Uh, he wasn't that funny, though, so <laughs> he'd probably get like a C. Uh, I give him a C minus for his uh, his prank phone call. Anyway, so we talked a little bit today about uh, totem animals. You know, I, I was, uh, I guess, lucky in some respects. I grew up in a family where we had a lot of uh, contact with animals uh, in in just the basic way and then and, and in some other capacities I'll talk about a little bit, too. Uh, we always had we always had dogs growing up. We usually had two dogs, sometimes even three. Uh, and uh, at times we had cats. So the cats were a little different because the cats usually wouldn't stay around that long. You might have a cat for two or three years, and then they'd wander off, and you'd oh my God, we, I can't believe Rainbow disappeared. I don't know what happened to her. And then I remember being a kid, like you'd be riding your bike in the neighborhood, and you'd see the cat like on someone else's front lawn, <laughs> like four blocks away. Your cat, you know, from a year ago. And I, I think that's the funny thing about cats. They will sometimes wander to a new home. Dogs much less likely. And we'll talk a little bit about that, too, as totems uh, as well today because dogs and cats are certainly strong animal totems to work with. So, uh, but I, so we always had dogs and cats when I was a kid. You know, also, I, I actually wrote about this in my first book in, in Dirty Little Secrets. Uh, I wrote a piece uh, called Feeding Squirrels. Uh, no, actually, I think it was in Snake Oil Volume 1, uh, Feeding Squirrels. And when I was a little kid, I used to feed squirrels peanuts by hand as a child. And I, what I wrote about that was interesting is, uh, you know, when I was maybe five or six, somebody saw me doing it, and the animals would come up to me, and I'd feed them the peanuts, and I would be all thrilled that they took the peanut out of my hand, and and then someone said to me, you know, kid, you're out of your mind. You know, those squirrels are, have rabies. And if they, you know, if they if they bite you, you're going to get rabies. And then if you get rabies, you have to go to the doctor and have, like, a whole bunch of really big needles stuck into your belly button. So, of course, hearing that at, like, five or six scared the crap out of me. So I became terrified of squirrels. And, uh, up, you know, because I don't want to get rabies. So up until that point, I was always able to sort of even feed somewhat wild animals in a way without even really thinking about it. I guess I still sort of retain that ability at some levels too because I do have a weird ability to seemingly calm even somewhat wild animals down uh, when I'm around them and then 
I always notice like when I'm at people's houses, like 85% of the time, their dog and cat will end up wandering over to me and sitting next to me and, you know, and, and sometimes they're blown away. They, you know, I get, especially I notice there's a lot of women, they'll say, oh my God, my, my, my dog, she, you know, she doesn't like men, but for some reason, you know, she likes you, that's so strange. You know, I, I somewhat call this an old soul thing anyway, too, where you can sort of calm animals at some level. But it's also, uh, I just think it's because, again, I have a comfort with it as well, and, and I also don't, you know, like I have a great friend of mine, I have a cat now myself, and I have a friend of mine who, she, uh, he, he comes over here, and, and my cat he gets very nervous when he's here because he's very clunky. He bangs around. He's a little on the loud side. He's a very colorful character. And trust me, for the most part, that's not really something cats dig, you know, the clunky, making too much noise type of an individual. So I'm always like, dude, calm down, you know. <laughs> You're scaring the crap out of my cat. Anyway, so, uh, but yeah, I had a lot of contact with animals. You know, a good, probably about 18, uh, maybe about 16 years ago, uh, in my in my study of different oracles, I had picked up a, a deck of cards uh, called the Druid Animal Oracle. And I added that to my list of things like tarot and numerology and, and astrology and, and all those things that I had already learned. And I began to work with these power animal totems and really do some study on the Druid tradition around what power animals are and how they could be influential and how you can use them. So we do, I want to talk a little bit about that. Again, I'm going to open up the phone lines in a little bit. I want to kind of stay on subject for, for a little bit before we get to the phone lines um, and uh, talk a little more about this. But uh, the, the actual deck, of course, and I, I have seen them on Amazon. So if you don't own these, uh, if you don't own these, and you're, you're interested in them, uh, the the book and the cards are called the Druid Animal Oracle by Philip and Stephanie Gar C A R R Gum. So it's Car Gum, I should say. Um, the Druid Animal Oracle. Now you can find lots of different cards and decks with different power animal symbols. Uh, so you know you don't have to necessarily stick to that one. Uh, but I, I think they're really awesome. The artwork is amazing. If you're artistically inclined, you're going to love the artwork of these cards. Uh, really, really stunning. And also, just the interpretations and the way they put this book together was really awesome. I heard that it's out of print. I think it's back in print. Um, I've, I've pushed these cards on a lot of people. If in any way it had anything to do with that effect, awesome. So uh, anyway, but you can kind of check these out on your own. We'll talk about some of these animals today, though. You know, the Druids, in essence, believe that, you know, we were ultimately a part of nature as well, and that, you know, the different animals that, that were in our path represented attributes of us as well, too, almost kind of like an exaggeration at some levels. So we, you know, I think this is one of the things that we, we get confused about as human beings sometimes with this sort of placing ourselves apart from nature, as opposed to being a part of nature, which is ultimately what we are. We're not really a blight on the landscape. You know, I've met a few people that I could say a little bit are a blight on the landscape, but for the most part, we're not. I mean, that, that's, you know, that we, we, we are, we're a part of nature as well, too. So the animals, again, they can represent uh, exaggerated characteristics of us. Now, even if you don't necessarily believe in this type of thing, I can guarantee one thing, like, across the board. You know, most people are either dog people or cat people. Some are both. Some people, you know, hate both dogs and cats. But generally, you'll find most people kind of fall into sort of one camp. Primarily, they like cats a little more than like dogs. They like dogs a little more than like cats. Talk about that in a minute. Um, 
but uh, you know, you anyone can really see this as a reality. If you're cleaning your house, say it's doing spring cleaning, you've got the doors and the windows open, and a bird flies into your uh, house, or if you're driving and you hit a bird, or you almost hit an owl, which is something that happened to me a couple of weeks, by the way. I, an owl just flew so close to my car, uh, it just scared the crap out of me. And um, I don't live like in, in, in a, you know, in, a, in, a, in the boonies or anything. This was weird that there was an owl by the car. Um, but you know that if a you know, bird flies in the house, you have some type of encounter with an animal in that way. There's something that sort of tingles inside, some type of feeling that this had some real meaning somehow, even if you can't grasp what it means. So everyone has gone through that at one level or another. We, we just know, like, you know, say you come home and there's tons of blackbirds on your lawn. You, you know, you could be the most non-metaphysical human being and there's going to be something new that's like, what the hell is going on here with all the blackbirds on the lawn? So, sorry, that said, so I'm taking a sip of coffee here. So that said, it, what the Druids would, would believed in essence was that animals would show up in your path to give you a message about your own animal energy. So I've written about this a lot in the column, you know, coyotes, wolves, different things that I've encountered at different points as well. And what they're really in essence saying is either you're somehow in, in harmony with the energy that the animal represents or, or it could be a, you know, a, a disharmony in that sense where you're somehow... Uh, overusing the energy of the animal or you're underusing it. So let me, I'm going to talk about the most, two of the most basic, most obvious of animals before we dive into some of the other animals in the Druid tradition. Uh, both of the, the most common ones, again, people are, are used to encountering, of course, are dogs and cats. And dogs, in essence, represent loyalty. So dog people tend to be very loyal by nature. Uh, that, is the, you know, that is the nature of what dog energy is all about. It's about loyalty and commitment in that way. Uh, most people will know this, that if you have a dog, it will usually choose one primary master in that sense. And there's all kinds of great stories about things people have experienced with dogs and how protective they are. So if your dog energy is positive and it's good, it usually means that you're, you're not commitment-phobic. You're loyal. You're willing to, you know, to commit to something and be protective in a healthy way of the things that, that you love. Uh, there's a strong association with dogs and water, by the way, too, uh, in the Druid tradition. Now, if your dog energy is out of balance, uh, and, and in the cards, it would mean like the dog card would come up reversed. It would mean that there's something off in your dog energy. And what that would entail would be either um, that you have issues with commitment and loyalty. You fear it. You may be commitment-phobic. You may be afraid of that part of yourself. Uh, you know, when, when women call, say, men that cheat dogs, ta-da! You know, it's even in our language. Uh, so, or it could mean the opposite. It could mean that you're so commitment-oriented that you almost become like a beaten dog. Uh, and most of us have seen this. Sometimes you'll see someone who's got a dog and they mistreat it, and then the dog is still ultimately attentive, trying to desperately get the love of its master, even though they're abusive to it. So that's the interesting thing that you'll see, again, about whether your dog energy is on or it's off. Um, it, again, it could be both. So I always say, one of the things I always tell people, if you have allergies to dogs or cats too, typically, again, it's often going to suggest that there's some part of you that, that has an issue with the energy that the animal represents as well. Uh, you'll find a lot of people with cat allergies. So let's talk about cats. Cat people, 
cat energy. You see cats showing up in your life. Usually what that's going to suggest is somehow you're opening up to uh, to intimacy, uh, sensuality, and also um, kind of healthy detachment. Uh, one of the things that people sometimes don't like about cats is they'll often say, well, cats are snobby. Well, I would not agree with that. I've had a few cats in my life. I've had you know, a couple of dogs. Uh, I don't think cats are snotty by any means. In fact, I think they can be almost as needy as dogs in some ways too. Not quite as much because the cat consciousness is a little different. The dog will be loyal to you. The cat consciousness, often when a cat lives with you, it will be loyal to you in a different way. It, the cat sort of perceives itself as your roommate in that, in essence, you're just as lucky that it's there that, and, and that it's lucky to have you. So it's a little bit more of an equal relationship in the cat's mind. That's why, that, you know, cats are funny because they'll come up, they'll rub up against you, they'll purr, they'll want to sit in your lap, and then five minutes later they'll go lick themselves in the corner and they don't want anything to do with you. In fact, in the Druid tradition, they used to say a cat may look at a king. And what that in essence meant was that a cat could look at a king across the room and not feel intimidated or in any awe because it felt just as kingly in that sense. You'll see some of this element, sometimes showing it with people that are Leos, by the way, too. A little bit of that kind of energy going on uh, in a good way or if there's difficult angles to a Leo's chart, they may be struggling with it. So the reverse of energy of the cat is being fearful of sensuality, often uh, being afraid of, of intimacy in the, in the healthiest possible way, um, feeling undeserving of it at some level, sometimes uh, what they call a, a fireside cat or an action cat, meaning, meaning being too lazy to bother with the details of the world in that sense. So often it, it suggests a kind of detachment in a way where you're afraid of kind of losing yourself and, and really... Um, you know, fearful of, of allowing yourself to get close or intimate in, in some ways. Uh, so two of the most obvious animal totems. So looking at whether you're a dog or a cat person, absolutely a great way of, of really, really seeing uh, whether you're, uh, you know, what, what kind of energy you're, you're, you're vibing with there in that respect. Now, so those are the two more obvious ones. Now let's talk a little bit about some of the other animals in the Druid tradition because there are all kinds of cool animals to look at in the Druid tradition. One of the things I would say to, you know, everybody listening, again, whether you're catching the show live, uh, we seem to have a little lighter audience today. Um, uh, but again, I know uh, I get a lot of hits in archives. In fact, one of the astrology shows I did a couple of weeks ago had 2,000 archive listens to the show uh, a month after I played it, which just blows my mind that I'm uh, that many people are going back in and listening. But I think a big part of that has to do with Facebook, by the way, uh, because it lists the links and people can go right to the show. So uh, let's talk about some of the other animals that are common in the Jewish tradition. One of the ones that I worked with, and I, I can't, I, I recommend this animal totem a lot to people. And when I say I'm recommending an animal totem, in essence what I'm really saying is, you don't have to get a pet one of these, uh, especially when I tell you what kind of animal we're talking about here, you know that would be a good idea. You have to get a pet one of these or anything like that in order to, to commence learning about an animal totem. You can cut out some pictures from magazines, hang them around you. You could do a meditation and see yourself going to the animal and, and meeting it and talking with it in that sense of asking for its protection of its spirit, pulling in some of its energy. There's all kinds of ways to do this um, people get tattoos for that reason, maybe of an animal. They'll, they'll wear, they'll get a little insignia, they'll buy a little statue 
and put it in their in their home. I have a, a cow statue in in the corner of my home. I've got a couple different animal little statues in my home. I've got a cow. I've got ducks. I have a bull. I have a dragon. I've got a couple different things that have popped up along the way. So there's all kinds of ways you can tap into and connect with power animals without necessarily getting them as pets. But one of the ones that I, I really, really have recommended to a lot of people is is a bear totem. And let me tell you why the bear totem is so valuable. And I'm going to kind of tell you a funny story connected with the bear as well from me. Um, I I started really bringing bear energy in when I, I think I was about maybe 25 or 26. I really started to uh, really decide that I wanted the bear energy to come in in some ways. And I did that really in essence because there was a lot of difficulty I had dealt with in my life at that time. Uh, I, I wrote about this in my first book, In Very Little Secrets. Uh, and I uh, I had some, you know, some abuse that went on in some relationships and a few things that I had encountered along the way. Uh, I was always kind of a skinny kid and I... I, you know, I wanted to get more muscular, and I worked out to put on size, and then and that worked. But then later on, I encountered the bear energy, and that really helped a lot too with feeling more confident. So, bear energy has to do with like bear is an animal totem represents kind of an element of wisdom. In that you bear knows when to sleep, it knows when to eat, it knows when to hibernate, um, it knows when to protect its territory and its young. Um, it's a very strong animal. And in the Jewish tradition, they say bear represents primal power, sovereignty, and intuition married with instinct. So very cool totem uh, to, to contemplate. And I'll tell you why it could be really, really useful for both men and for women um, to, to use this animal totem. Let me read to you what they say about this totem, by the way, in the book. I'll do a little direct quote here. Um, and before I do that, uh, in case you're catching this in the archive also, uh, Demi Fox has written in the chat, I have, been, uh, I have a fox totem I've been working with for about 15 years now. Awesome. So, uh, great. Well, actually, I'll talk a little bit about the fox after we talk about the bear. And I'll tell you a little bit about fox totems because the fox definitely one of the animals in the Druid tradition as well, too. And, again, if it's not in the Druid tradition, you can work with any power animal. I mean, all animals have something to teach us. So when the bear power is, is positive in that sense, um, in the book they write that bear will connect you as a totem with the very deepest of your ancestral roots. Here at that level, you'll be in touch with the primal mother, the bear goddess Arteo, who will defend you fiercely from all danger. You are then connected with the bear god Arteo, the mighty warrior Arthur, the guiding pole star, and the great bear. Your intuition will never fail you. If you will listen to it in the still darkness of the night, working with the bear gives you the opportunity to become a spiritual warrior like Arthur. You can find the way to come into your power by marrying your strength with your intuition. Integrating your primal power with your intuition means uniting your star power with your animal power, and the both are symbolized by the bear. Now, if you're a, uh, if you're a studier of different types of, of, of uh, oracles to begin with, you'll notice that there's an element of this in some ways that connects with the strength card, which is the eighth archetype in the tarot as well. Uh, same type of energy upright and same type of energy in its reverse position uh, for the reverse of the bear too. I'll tell you about the reverse in a little bit. So what you get from bear, of course, is, and, and this is also what I found, is the bear totem 
will give you that energy of being bear-like. And let me tell you how that works in a beneficial way. You know, you know, bears can be funny in some respects too because they're also, uh, you know, so you, if someone could call you a bear in a negative way, someone can also call you a teddy bear uh, as well. So there's certainly a positive to it. Um, but the bear totem, in essence, uh, gives us that sort of energy around us that says, when I enter into your space, a bear has come into your camp. So most human beings, almost in any circumstance, even if you have a shotgun, if a bear enters the camp where you're, you know, where you're sleeping or something, you're going to instantly have respect and a little bit of fear. Now, the bear totem isn't about creating fear in any way. It's more about sort of saying, understand my energy, that I'm a bear. I could be lovable, I'm big, I'm strong, I'm intuitive, but if you mess with me, you will regret that. Now, I have used this as a totem since my mid to late 20s, and i got to tell you, I'm 47 now. I can't even remember a time, you know, after that where I've any, had anyone physically, verbally, in any way attempt to fight with me. It just doesn't happen. Now, it probably also relates to the fact that I'm a lot thicker and more muscular than I was when I was younger, too, which usually creates a certain level of respect as well. But you don't need to have huge size to have bear power. But what it does, again, is it sort of says, you know, don't mess with the bear in that way. Uh, so a very great totem to use. I, I've, I've said, you know, because people will often talk about how they need to be armed with guns. And I'm not making any judgment of people that are into guns at any level. Definitely not my thing. Uh, but to me, I don't need a gun to feel safe and protected. Bear energy will do that for me in a lot of ways, where people just would think twice before, quote-unquote, messing with you. Also, the other part of this is the spiritual side of it, which is probably even more important, which is when you really listen to your intuition, and all of us have gone through this, how many times have you gone through something difficult and then later on said, you know, if I would have listened to what my intuition was telling me, I would never have gotten into this situation. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have married her. I wouldn't have taken that job. I wouldn't, you know, people will do this almost all of the time. It's because your intuition is, of course, very wise. One of the things that, that as a spiritual being you want to do to become, you know, more in tune is to learn how to trust your intuition. It is, uh, it, it's, in some ways, it's more powerful than your emotional body, than your intellectual body in that way, because, again, it's pure instinct. So, the, t the combining of the energy of your star power, your intuition, and your animal power is, again, symbolized by the bear. When you take those two and combine them together, you create a very powerful energy. Now, I know for me, when I worked with bear totem, it was funny because when I started working with bear totem, I didn't even tell people when people were giving me little bear symbols and things like that. I was finding them, you know, usually the weird stuff that happens when you start going down a path. So uh, I noticed I got a lot thicker, I got a lot furrier, so I, I guess I became a little bit more bear-like, uh, which I don't think is really necessarily negative. Uh, but I also became really, really conscious of the negative side of the bear energy too, which is sort of that berserker bear, that psychopath, that bear that rips the camp apart in that sense when it's, um, when it's overwhelmed, um, when primal anger and ferocity brew up in you and you lose touch with human compassion and reason and damage the people and the things around you. Um, I've had, you know, I've had a couple of encounters in my life where I've had to watch, you know, that someone got me so pissed off in that way uh, that I, you know, I sort of blew my top up. And uh, so that's one thing you've got to watch for in the, in the negative sense. 
uh, that we don't get so mad that we, we lose our sense of balance. Um, but again, bear as a totem animal really gives you that ability to have reserves of power and perseverance and the ability to again to trust your intuition and your knowingness and also, you know, follow your instinct, but also um, to, you know, use that physical raw power that we have as well to accomplish tasks and get things done. Okay. So, um, yeah, so Demi Fox writes, so give that bear some honey. Yeah, exactly. You know, people are almost just instantly, uh, you just, you know, I, I find it, it's really a very, very funny thing. I can't suggest it enough. Um, I just, whenever I run across people that talk about others that are abusing them at some level, I can't even identify with it anymore, even though I had dealt with that in, in my early 20s, uh, you know, in, in a couple of different ways. It's just something that was, was gone. In fact, I remember in my early 20s and my late teens, I would become friends with guys that were sort of bigger and stronger and or badass girls, too, <laughs> the ones that were not too big, but they just had that strength to fight. And they were just my protectors. I, people would do that for me. And then I really, when I took the bear totem on in my mid to late 20s, I just took the energy myself, and I haven't needed, you know, protection since. So we're not even just talking about animals in, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, you know, any, any uh, that we're just talking about some kind of theory and idea here. We're really talking about tangible results that come when you work with power animals. Okay, so Demi Fox uh, was was writing about the uh, the fox. Oh, I, I can make that connection in my mind between the fox totem is there as well. So let's talk about the fox. You know, a couple of years ago I had a client that I was working with. This is an awesome story. I was working with by phone. She lives in California. And I had pulled some animal cards for her, and the totem animal that came up for her was a uh, fox. And I was telling her about, about foxes and what it meant as a power animal, and no joke, she said, Jim, I, I can't believe this. I'm looking out my backyard and there's a fox in the yard. I've never even seen one before. I noticed there were some in the area, but I can't believe that there's a fox in the yard, just as we're talking about this now. You know, so I've had a million of those kind of weirdo experiences happening along the way. Uh, so for me, it's I hate to say it's kind of normal for stuff like that to happen. It definitely blew her mind, and she, she said, I almost want to take a picture because I think I'm imagining it. I said, no, that's kind of the weird thing that starts to happen. It's like you start seeing them or, you know, again, someone sends you a card with the animal on it or you, you turn on the TV and there's a documentary about the animal when you're thinking about it all of a sudden or, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it, it is. It's the synchronicities of life. I mean, this is what happens when, you, when you're able to tune into this type of stuff. Let's talk a little bit about the fox. Uh, looks like we've got a light live audience here, so I'm going to talk a little more than necessary to get the phone lines open. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the fox for Demi Fox here. And again, this is useful information probably for anybody listening later on. So fox in the Druid tradition means cunning, diplomacy, and wildness. So I love talking about this symbol, by the way, too. Again, you can see that this is one of these areas where I have no problem babbling on and on. I could I could go into all of these animals in tremendous detail. We won't have the time. We've only got like 13 minutes in the show as it is. Uh, anyway, so talk about fox energy. Fox, again, means diplomacy, cunning, and wildness. Let me tell you what the card says in uh, as well about the fox. It says the, the card shows a fox starting to walk across a frozen lake. In Scotland, there's a folk saying that when the Feast of Brighid is passed, the fox won't trust his tail to the ice. As far away as frost, country folk would only cross ice if a fox had done so first. 
In the foreground, we see Reed and Ty and Holly, two of the sacred plants of the Ogham alphabet, none of the snow life, fox glove, and fox weed. Druids tended to name plants around the animals associated with them, by the way. Fox is a power animal, uh, tells us, uh, shows us that it is a fine, graceful creature who typifies the beauty and the harmony of the natural world. Working with the power of the fox, you will know when it is time to come out into the open and to be counted. You'll also know when it is time to remain silent and to keep your own counsel. With others, you'll be able to be diplomatic. And one of the attributes of fox is being strong in counsel. One of the hardest things if you're a person working with fox power is to ensure that your skill in diplomacy do not become dishonesty or slyness. Remaining silent or becoming invisible so as to watch the unfolding drama is an asset that can bring with it its own special culpability, it is, if, not, if it is not tempered with wisdom. Okay, let me tell you what they're saying here. Uh, again, that whole thing about fox, it wouldn't, people wouldn't cross ice unless a fox had done so first because they know that a fox is not stupid and there's no way it's going to fall into the ice. So fox is smart. The other thing is this whole idea about being strong in counsel. Um, there's a lot of elements to the word foxy that we'll get into in a minute as well. But strong in counsel means, yes, you know when you have to open your big mouth and, and talk, but you also know when there's wisdom and shutting the hell up and sometimes not saying what you know or not speaking. Um, this is fox energy in the best possible sense. But what he talks about where you have to be cautious is when, you, when fox is your totem, you, you're very smart, you're very sharp, you're very sly. So you, you, you have that, that wisdom. But, you know, sometimes you've got to be careful because if you're too smart, sometimes you could be sly in a bad sense or dishonest or know how to bullshit and play people a little bit at some level. So that's one of the things we've got to watch for with Fox Energy. They use that smarts in a harmonious kind of a way. The other thing is they bring up the idea of, of culpability. You know, there's times we need to remain silent. There's times we need to open your mouth. But, you know, sometimes, even if it's uncomfortable, we might have to speak up. You know, if there's a kid in the neighborhood and you notice that they've got bruises on them, you know, when you keep your mouth shut and then you later on find out that they were being um, abused at some level, you know, sometimes you're pushed into situations where you kind of have to open your mouth, even if it's going to make people uncomfortable. And that's one of the things that Fox brings as a skill and ability to do as well, to understand that you don't want to later on say, you know, I should have kind of known, I had a feeling about something in that way. This is one of the strengths of the fox. Now, let me tell you, I love, this is my favorite thing to talk about. It's going to suck up the rest of the time at the show, but I'm going to definitely talk about it for good reason. Uh, we'll, we'll devote this to Demi Fox, since he's uh, the loyal listener today um, that caught the show live. So when the fox card comes up reverse, it suggests that somehow the fox energy is out of balance. Let me tell you what they say in the book about this. Um, Drone reverse or fox energy is out of balance. This card may be warning you to be careful not to use your cleverness dishonestly. The knowing or the canning of the fox can easily become cunning, which can turn into conning. The reverse card may also mean that you are coming into contact with that part of you which feels a victim. In the past, the fox was hunted for its beautiful fur, but the hunt was considered sacred. From the moment weapons were forged, the hunt was dedicated to the goddess and her permission was sought before the hunter would dare take the life of any animal. More recently, the fox has become a symbol of the innocence and beauty of the natural world being destroyed by man's cruelty. If you feel you are at the mercy of circumstances or being unfairly or cruelly treated, take a lesson from the fox and lie low for a while. Concern yourself with family and home and develop your skills of mediation and diplomacy. Most of the animal names used contemptuously come from a patriarchal culture 
but hence are applied to women. Bitch, cat, cow, shrew are all examples. But the insult of a vixen includes an erotic connotation. Accusing a woman of being a vixen suggests she is cunning and ill-tempered, but also sexy. The term foxy lady conveys this idea, but in a more positive light. Having chosen this card reversed, it may mean that you need to discover how you can show the wild and erotic side of your character, the wild man or wild woman in you in a most creative way. Okay, so again, the research that went into this is just absolutely brilliant because they bring up a number of different points. Again, if your fox energy is out of balance, if we're too heavy-handed with it, we've got to be careful that we're not using our cleverness dishonestly. You know, we all can get caught up in that. Sometimes we're too smart for our own good. Um, also, this can bring up sometimes that, that part of us that, that feels victimized by others. Um, you know, there is really wisdom in understanding that sometimes you just need to lie low and and not really get caught up in the energy of, of victimization in that sense. Um, another thing that they bring up that's really great here is, you know, like in, in most cultures, before they would hunt, they would actually ask permission to pull an animal from the herd. The Indian cultures did this as well, too. It was considered a um, a sacred right to ask for permission to take an animal uh, to feed in that respect. But one of the things that I absolutely love about this is when they talk about the contemptuous words for women. And the truth is, there's all kinds of mean names for, for men, but there's so many more for women because it is a patriarchal culture. You can see this going on politically. There's this kind of bashing of women again coming back into the forefront. Totally ridiculous. Uh, but uh, really, again, that deep, deep sexism that exists in the culture. But it's a funny thing because again, when, when people rip on women in that sense, there is that little duality of it as well, too, because when you accuse a woman of being a vixen, yeah, she's cunning, she's ill-tempered, but um, also sexy, that there's something hot about her in that sense as well. And that's one of the things that the fox brings up in a way that I think is, is really interesting, whether you're a male or a female, that we do have sexual energy, guys. There's nothing wrong with using it at some level. There's nothing wrong with being foxy. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being sexy. There's nothing wrong with using that part of you. Uh, you know, if you overuse it and you use it to manipulate too much, you know, of course, that's a problem. You know what I mean? Like in anything. But it is a natural part of us as human beings to use that type of an energy. And we just don't want to necessarily overdo it. Uh, you know, it's a simple truth. If you're pretty, if you're sexy, people are often nicer to you. They often kind of give you things in that sense. You know, sexual energy can be very healing in that respect. So that's why I think, you know, this anger that's coming up in the political arena toward women and what they can and cannot do with their bodies and all the stuff that's surfacing is really bringing up this deep-seated sexism that still exists in this culture toward feminine power and the perception that it is weaker somehow or that it needs protecting with the better, quote-unquote, energy of male energy. All baloney at every level. They're equal types of energies just expressed in a different type of a way. So men can be foxy too. Uh, I always think that really homophobic people are often irritated with men, with gay men, for using that that sexual energy sometimes in that way and they get frustrated by dumbasses because it is, it's a natural thing that, that people have and, and can use in a, in, a, in a powerful kind of a way. Uh, uh, 
Uh, so let's see, Demi, let me comment a couple of things that Demi Fox is writing here. I find that sexism that women have also toward each other is also pretty intense. Yeah, absolutely. I've always said that, that, you know, it's a funny thing about males and females. Typically, like, if you're a bigger, stronger guy, um, a male will almost always just automatically bow down to you a little at some level and respect you. Um, that's how males react for the most part. Sometimes you'll get people with little man's disease that might want to combat and fight just to win and try to prove their power. But as a general rule, men are inclined to not mess with each other if they see someone else is stronger. Women, very funny, because a lot of women will do this. If they see a woman that's too sexy, they're often pissed off and irritated at her at some level. Oh, I can't believe she's wearing that here. You know what I mean? Cover up those breasts. You know, all this, all this antagonism that can surface because of a woman showing that fox energy in that way, which I always think is hysterical. Because, you know, um, it is, uh, to me, you know, I, I maybe, you know, for, for, for me, if I was a woman and I had a good rack, I'd use them. You know, I mean, I don't, again, I don't, I would, I would dress to use them in a way that was, was beneficial. I, I've, I've had a number of female friends in my life, and my joke is, you know, if I go somewhere and, and it's heavily heterosexual male, I'm always like, okay, you lead the way and ask for the table if we're in the restaurant or something or ask for it because they're going to be looking at your breasts and we might as well use them. And women always laugh when I say stuff like that. It's my, uh, my, my Sagittarian humor and my, my urge to be a wise ass. But because it's true. I mean, why would you not use it? Why would you not milk it for everything that it's worth, so to speak? Uh, anyway, people get, people get annoyed about that. And I just find it so funny. Again, it's all, it's all part of using Fox energy in that way. Okay, I want to comment on a few things that, that Demi Fox wrote here uh, about a few other power animals because we're actually, oh my God, we're almost done with the show already. So I told you the show would go awful fast and then we get to the phones. Uh, Demi Fox wrote, Peacock, peacocks are power animals for confidence and creative spark, absolutely. Elephants for spirituality and wisdom, absolutely. I would say an elephant never forgets. Um, so those are uh, very good power animals. And those two power animals are not really in the Druid tradition. They just were not in the lands and the areas where they, they were seen. But that's the thing is, just so you know, guys, if you, if you can't find an animal that comes to surface and you want to know its meaning, um, you can Google it online. Go online and say peacock animal totem. And that's the beauty. You know, the Internet is like having a, a library in your home all of the time now. It's pretty awesome, actually. So you can get information. Keeping in mind that, again, every different author is going to have their own point of view on what something is or isn't. You know what I mean? That's why it's good to look at a lot of different opinions and points of view. I was less because even people, when they see me and have a session, sometimes I'll see them a few months later and they'll say, you know, I went to this other reader and she told me, and they look at me out of the corner of their eye and, and they're sort of like hoping I'm not going to get mad at them that I went they went to someone else too. And I'm, I always laugh when I think about that. I'm like, you know, I'm not like jealous and possessive of my clients, go go uh, go check out information from multiple sources, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, that, that's that, that's fine. But uh yeah, it, it's like uh Demi Fox is saying that the internet has become like the Akashic Records, the storehouse of information. Absolutely. So, I'm always hearing people putting young people down and saying the world is shit and all that. Not true. There's definitely some bad things that are going on in the world. There's also some amazing things that have surfaced that really have become very, very valuable, including the Internet and having access to this type of information at your disposal at all times. Okay, looks like I'm, I'm down my last minute of the show here. So 
thank you for joining me. Uh, if you're catching the show later on, maybe the totem animal is a bear. Maybe it's uh, a fox for now. Tune into both of those things. Maybe even an elephant or peacock. You know, uh, I'll talk more about this in a future show. Uh, I do do sessions where I do power animal pulls for people, so those are available by, in person in my home office or also uh, by phone. Um, you know, if you're added to my uh, email list, you get a discount on sessions. Facebook friends also get an even a little bit of a bigger discount on sessions, so feel free to request any of those things at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com. Want any more information about my book, services, anything else that I do, uh, please go to JimVentura.com and you can get info there. I'm still working on my new website, but I've got most of my info on there already, uh, so we're up and running. Okay. I'll be back here again uh, next week for my first of the month show, read my live column, talk a little bit about that, and i uh, got some interesting shows. In fact, I'm going to be talking the week after with a woman who, who communicates with animals and with dogs and cats and reads for them, so uh, Victoria Glaude. So check that out in a couple of weeks, too. Uh, if you get on my mailing list, you'll know when the shows are up and coming. Uh, you can also become a fan and get it that way. All right. Uh, Demi Fox, good seeing you as always. Thank you, everyone else who have tuned in and didn't comment or is catching it later. Jim Ventura, uh, have a great day, everybody, and we'll catch up with you next time. Cheers.